they lived on opposite sides of the world, one in Massachusetts and one in Dorset. They looked exactly the same. They could be doppelgangers with identical hooded black cloaks, blood-red spots, but underneath it all, they couldn't have been more different, apart from one thing, to seek out more prey, or should it be said, to balance the scales. everyone and welcome to episode 42 of hind wings and bloodlust i'm your host rachel uh i want to apologize for doing such a rubbish job of predicting the score in last weekend's england game um unfortunately you probably know we didn't win 3-0 as i thought we lost on penalties and even worse was the behavior of a number of england fans but hopefully Hearing about the ladybird will make up for it. Now, at the time of recording the episode, I'm fasting, as it's Tisha B'Av, and I'd like to wish all my Jewish listeners who've been observing this fast an easy fast. So, my podcast recommendation for this week is The Wild Episode with Brian Ruckley. I really love this show, he's got such a relaxing voice, and it's all about strange animals around the world. Some of the recent episodes I've enjoyed from this show include one on Larissa Ferra, which is a type of multicellular animal which doesn't need oxygen to breathe, the greater nocturnal bat, which hunts migratory birds in the dead of night, and moths, which can drink your tears. So definitely go and listen to this show. You'll find out about all sorts of weird creatures you never knew existed. And this episode is certainly going to get weird, so strap in there. This week, we're going to the land of the free, and we're going to look at a ladybird, well, a ladybug, I should say, as that is what they're known in America. It is a ladybird, but I'm calling it a ladybug, because that's the ladybird's common name, and I don't want to confuse listeners. I'm talking, of course, about the twice-stabbed ladybug, Chilocorus stigma. You might sometimes see it referred to as Chilocorus bivulnerus, which is an alternative name for the ladybug. I'm not quite sure as to why it's been given the name of twice-stabbed ladybug, perhaps because the red round spots might look like stab wounds. Chilocorus stigma belongs to the Chilocorus genus. Stigma means mark or brand, originally in Latin. And if you noticed when listening to my episode, What is a Ladybird?, you'll know that the Chilocorinae subfamily are a distinctive group of ladybirds which mostly feed on scale insects. They do take the odd aphid, but it's mostly scale insects. And if you remember from some of the episodes we've done before on scale insect-eating ladybirds like Simlis interruptus, scale insects are horrifyingly good at ruining plants because they attach themselves to the leaves or the stem, stay there for a very, very long time and cannot easily be removed. 
This seems like a good place, actually, to give an update about a ladybird I covered very early on in the show, in episode 13, way back in the before times in February 2020. The kidney spot ladybird. It has now been confirmed in a study that came out in November 2020 that this ladybird and Chilochorus kuwane, or Kiwana's ladybird, a Japanese ladybird that is used throughout the world for biological control, including the range where the twice-stabbed ladybug lives, are actually the same species and are morphologically identical. So, rather than introducing an invasive species of biological control, where Chilochorus kuwane has been brought from Japan to Europe, they actually introduce the same species from one part of its range to another part of its range. And the reason why I'm talking about the kidney spot and not the actual ladybird we're going to be talking about today is because the twice-stabbed ladybug and several of its relatives in the genus, including the kidney spot, look almost exactly the same. In fact, they do look the same. And many can't even be told apart unless you use a microscope. But the kidney spot is, of course, not native to the US, although it is used as a biological control there. To make matters worse, there's also the two-stabbed ladybug, Chilochorus orbis, and the twice-stabbed cactus ladybug, Chilochorus caxi, which look very, very, very similar. All live in the US and all feed on a similar diet. The cactus ladybug largely isn't found in the same habitats as the twice-stabbed ladybug, though. And the twice-stabbed cactus ladybug does have bigger spots, but apart from that, they almost look the same. But there's good news, because if you're listening in the UK or continental Europe, you're unlikely to come across the twice-stabbed ladybug, and any ladybird you do find that looks like one is almost certainly going to be a kidney spot. Although, these common names are used interchangeably, but in this episode I'll be using twice-stabbed ladybug to mean Chilochorus stigma. So, the twice-stabbed ladybug belongs to the same genus as the kidney spot ladybird, Chilochorus renipastulatus, or um, Chilochorus kuwane, which are the same. Um, and if you put them both side by side, they would be incredibly difficult to tell apart. There are quite a lot of other ladybirds and ladybugs in the same genus in different parts of the world, and in the same part of the world, that can only be differentiated by subtle differences, such as Chilochorus orbis or Chilochorus timidus, which is another one that's got a slightly domed and swollen-looking elytra, but with exactly or almost exactly the same spot pattern. So, if you remember kidney spot ladybird, the twice-stabbed ladybug, if you know what kidney spot looks like, it, it pretty much looks exactly like that. The ladybirds are round and black and between three and five millimetres long and they have two red round spots on their elytra. According to the Cornell University College of Agriculture and Life Science website, they can be told apart from Chilochorus kuwane slash Chilochorus renipastulatus by the shape and position of the spots and also the size of the rim. The kidney spot tends to have a larger rim around the, uh, the edge of the ladybird. Whereas the kidney spot tends to have slightly rectangular spots and they're on the middle of the ladybird's elytra, the twice-stabbed ladybug tends to have spots that are slightly smaller, rounder and placed towards the ladybird's head. The antennae are very small and the head is usually 
largely tucked under the pronotum. And if the ladybird is threatened, it is able to clamp down hard onto the surface it is on with its short legs. But an average person probably would not be able to tell them apart. And when I'm talking about these differences between the rim and the spots and everything, they are just like completely minuscule. So don't worry. Um, I mean, I've looked at a few of these photos now and I'm honestly completely struggling to see the difference. I don't see any difference, quite honestly. A better way to tell, quite honestly, might be that if you've got access to a microscope, you live in the US and you find one of these twice-stabbed ladybugs, there's another way to tell them apart. The twice-stabbed ladybug's elytra is covered in small, finely engraved microsculpture, giving them a net-like appearance, whereas on the kidney spot, the elytra is largely smooth and shiny. The underside of the ladybird, well, actually on both ladybirds, is dark reddish, especially on the abdomen. And again, like... There's no way you'll be able to tell what the micro sculptures are. Just, yeah, like, it's impossible. There's no way, there's no way you'll be able to tell unless you look at it under a microscope. But as far as the larvae go, things start to get a little bit more easier, but not very. On the larva, just below the thorax, are these dark yellow markings on each side. Apart from that, it's dark and black with lots of hairs on it, the fourth instar larva. The kidney spot larva might be a little bit lighter, but telling them apart seems to get progressively worse depending on what stage they're at in their lifetime. Like the other Chilicornae pupae, including slightly more distant related ladybirds like the pine ladybird, instead of having a freestanding pupa, which is just attached to a leaf or something by the bottom section of the pupa, the twice-stabbed ladybug develops by splitting the larval skin horizontally down the middle to reveal the pupa underneath. So kind of like unzipping a really spiky jacket or opening a spiky black banana down the middle. I'm kind of struggling for metaphors here. In the photos I've seen, the pupa is kind of dark reddish brown apart from this larval skin with four slightly lighter patches. And like many ladybirds, the eggs are orange and are laid singly or in small groups. They're laid on their side, which is slightly unusual rather than upright. The pine ladybird can also sometimes lay eggs on its side too. I think we've spent enough time on the twice-stabbed ladybugs' looks and similarity with others that are closely related. I mentioned just now about pupae, and this is something that the twice-stabbed ladybug shares in common with the kidney spot, and at least some of the other Chilicorus genus members. This species pupates communally, and no one knows why. When it is time for them to pupate, you can find loads of them in the same place and often bunched up right next to each other. And I don't know about other ladybirds in that genus, but the same thing also happens to the kidney spot too. I've gone out and find loads of them pupating on railings before, really kind of late in the year as well, kind of like sort of November time. Another thing about the twice-stabbed ladybug is it generally only breeds once a year and creates a new generation once a year. The twice-stabbed ladybug is found in the United States and Canada. However, it's currently not found west of the Sierra Nevada. The Sierra Nevada is a mountain range 
which lies between the central valley of California and an area of land called the Great Basin, which takes in nearly all of Nevada, much of Oregon and Utah, and portions of California, Wyoming, Idaho, and Baja California in Mexico. But in much of California, including parts where you don't get the twice-stabbed ladybug, you get the two-stabbed ladybug. Again, this ladybird looks almost exactly the same and is very hard to tell apart. Twice-stabbed ladybugs prefer trees. They like citrus trees and they're good for controlling citrus scale. They've been found on a diverse range of habitats, including citrus plantations, forests, orchards, woodlands and gardens. And they also like pine needle scale. A study of twice-stabbed ladybugs in New York aimed to find out how good they were at eating beech scale, which has become an invasive pest in the USA. And it was found that although the ladybirds did eat beech scale, they couldn't get through all life stages, and there was unfortunately a high death rate in the larvae and especially the pupae when they did feed on these scale insects. This might have been a combination of not being able to eat that many, not being able to get into it, for some reason, or maybe there was an issue with the scale insect themselves being in some way damaging. There's a few other scale insects, such as mussel scale, which doesn't have a good outcome for the ladybird either. But one of their main foods is pine needle scale, and the ladybirds are often found in Christmas tree plantations. And aphids do make up some of their diet, not the majority, but they do make up some. And the twice-stabbed ladybug will also eat aphids and also woolly aphids or adelgids. Now, there's a couple of very, very strange things about the twice-stabbed ladybug I want to draw to your attention. One of the weirdest things about the twice-stabbed ladybug is that both the males and females are what's called chromosomally polymorphic. I'm fasting today. And I also only got as far as a GCSE biology. So this is possibly going to be one of the worst genetics lessons you've ever listened to. But bear with me. Chromosomes are thread-like structures in animal or plant cells in the nucleus of the cell. And they are basically made up of protein and DNA molecules, which contain some or all of the genetic information in an organism. Now, we're quite used to the idea that in most animals and in humans, they've got a set number of chromosomes apart from certain conditions that might affect this, sort of genetic conditions, with either missing or malformed chromosomes or an extra chromosome. And these can cause health issues. Sometimes they cause minor issues and sometimes they cause quite severe ones. In other parts of the animal kingdom, again, each member of a species typically only has one set number of chromosomes. But that's not true if you're a twice-stabbed ladybug. For a ladybird species, where most of its members look exactly the same, with hardly any variation in terms of appearance, there is a huge amount of difference between the chromosomes of each ladybug in both the structure and number of chromosomes, with up to six main chromosomal variations, according to a study by Smith and Verkey in 1978. And bear in mind, these ladybirds almost look identical between one and the next. But these variations don't really appear to impede the ladybugs in any way or make them ill. 
and the number of polymorphic forms varies by population, with the number of different forms found among these ladybugs increasing when you go towards the north and west of America and Canada. Sometimes chromosomes can even combine to form supernumerary chromosomes, and this tends to happen with the females. It tends to be that the more they've combined, the less males there are in the population. In some individuals, three chromosomes might join together and form a ring-like pattern. Different male twice-stab ladybugs can possess as few as 19 chromosomes or as many as up to 25, and females can have as few as 20 or as many as 26. And you probably know that in humans, if you've got two X chromosomes, then you're usually a woman, whereas if you've got an X and a Y, you're usually a man. Generally speaking, there are, of course, intersex conditions and there is a trans and non-binary people as well. But in general, that is how it is in most mammals and most beetles as well. There are only two chromosomes that determine the sex genetically, and that is the case for 96.6% of currently known beetles, including the majority of ladybirds. There are only 3.4% currently known beetles that do it another way, and the twice-stab ladybug is one of them. But in the twice-stab ladybug, that's not the case. There are three chromosomes that determine whether the twice-stab ladybug you're looking at is a female or a male, and the Y chromosome has fused with another chromosome that's not related to sex, giving rise to a neo-XY chromosome system. This could have happened because the Y chromosome in most ladybirds is usually pretty small. Some ladybirds don't even have it. So some types of species, they've got two X chromosomes in a female and in males, they've only got one X. My understanding of genetics is really incredibly limited. Um, but I think that if the twice-stab ladybug has got the three X chromosomes and no Y chromosome, it's a female. And if it's got the fused Y chromosome plus the two X chromosomes, then it's a male. And it's also thought that in many species of coccinellids, the Y chromosome doesn't actually play a role in the gender. And what's really important is how many X's the ladybird's got compared to all the other chromosomes. And the other Chilicorinae beetles have also got this uh, Neo-XY chromosome system where the Y has like fused with another one. It's thought, so I'm not talking about X and Y, but it's thought that the differing numbers of the other chromosomes in different twice-stab ladybugs could be a step towards speciation or the evolution of a new species. And that would make sense, given how many extremely similar-looking coccinellids there are in North America that are closely related but are very different species. But so far, it hasn't actually happened. Although the populations are generally found in distinct areas, they do overlap in some areas and are still able to breed. But who knows what will have happened in a couple of million years' time Perhaps there will be another ladybird evolved out of those genetic forms that look pretty much the same as their closest relatives, but actually isn't. There's no way of knowing unless you extract the ladybird's DNA or examine them under a microscope. There's a final, slightly strange and horrific thing I want to point out. The twice-stab ladybug female will often lay her eggs 
inside the remains of dead scale insects. This is done for camouflage and protection against predators. The mobile versions of the scale insects might not realise that there are ladybird eggs there, and other predators will be deterred by the waxy coatings of the scale insects, if they notice them at all. The ladybird's eggs will be protected by these dead corpses, and when they hatch they'll be able to go about and eating more and more scale insects. But if you've ever had an issue with scale insects on a garden or on a farm or anything like that, you'll know that isn't actually necessarily a bad thing. So I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. It really does seem that every time it seems there's nothing more to say about ladybirds, it turns out that there is. I hope you see this ladybug if you're in America. You might not be able to tell it from a similar species, or maybe you actually will now you know the slight subtle differences between them. If you like the show and want to support me, you can buy me a coffee at co-fee, www.co-fee.com slash HWAB podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at HWAB podcast or on Instagram at 365.ladybird. You can like my Facebook page, Hindwings and Bloodlust, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Ghana, or wherever you get your podcasts. Music is by Deborah Torrance. Thanks for listening and goodbye for now.